0: would you please join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Um, We get to do things together as a church family. We get to do things together because we have the freedom to do that, and we never want to forget that, Lord. Um, What a gift and a blessing that that is. Um, thank you for each person here, for every family here, Lord. I just pray that today as we hear your message, that we will walk away with something that we can put into practice in our lives on a daily basis, that will grow us into your likeness, that will help others understand who you are better, um, and draw them to you, Lord. So we thank you for those, those gifts, those opportunities that we have. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wow. There's this, that last song about you know in the valleys and in the hard times, being able to praise God. There's a there's a reality there, and uh, it actually has real impact to what we're talking about today. And continuing our series on maturing, on becoming an adult, because because the the goal is is to be able to act like Jesus in each and every circumstance, in each and every situation. This is the third week for those of you who have been with us in this series that we're going at. And, and our goal, and let me be clear, my goal, personally in my life, uh, day by day, is to be an adult and to behave like an adult, uh, to attend to the tasks that are put before me and be responsible, to grow up. You know, my, my wife doesn't tell me to grow up, but she thinks it <laughs> at times. Uh, having I, mature... Having completed a natural growth process and development, we typically, you know, assign that to physical growth. In this series, we've been talking about multiple kinds of growth—not the physical so much, but the spiritual, the emotional, and the relational growth inside of our lives. So we've been we've been kind of pushing on this uh, several weeks. Today, we're actually taking a transition. And we're going to ask a question, what's our role in life? A mature adult should know what our role is. Why are we here? one of the the questions that uh when I get up in the morning well, what am I supposed to do you know the The truth is that followers of Christ are on a mission from God, so we should be able to know what God has called us to do if we could, if I handed out three by five cards and pencils. We're not going to, no, no pop quiz. What would you write down when I said write down your purpose, write down your mission here on earth? Can you, in a, in a, in a small, sort mission statement, write what God has called you to do and why we get up in the morning and go out of the house and do what our responsibilities are at that place? So that's, that's the question that we're asking today. What is our role and what is our purpose? You know, uh, to help me with that, my wife and I, Ronnie, we went to a, she's not, yes, dear, I'm just practicing from the video for those of you who are here. Uh, We went to a movie uh, last week, we watched a movie called Overcomer, I hope a lot of people did. Uh, Inside of that movie, it's a very powerful movie uh, put out by the Kendricks brothers, uh, was a scene where... Uh, this coach who had just basically lost his basketball team because of an economic downturn. Uh so he's no longer a coach. He ends up in a hospital visiting some people, and uh he ends up in a room, not the one he was intending to go to, but someone's just in there by themselves, and they start a conversation. And this uh this patient inside the hospital, well, that's okay, that's a good warm-up. Uh <laughs> asking some questions and it's going to kind of be the basis of our talk today so so let's watch the overcomer
1: Sean. if i asked you who you are what's the first thing that comes to mind i'm a basketball coach and if that's stripped away well i'm also a history teacher okay We take that away. Who are you? Well, I'm a husband. I'm a father. And God forbid that should ever change. But if it does, who are you? I don't understand this game. It's not a game, man. Who are you? Um, I'm a white American male. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. (laughs) Is there anything else? Well, I'm a Christian. And what's that mean? It means follower of Christ. And how important is that? It's very important. Interesting. All right, so far down your list. Okay, wait a minute. I could have easily said Christian first. Uh, yeah, but you didn't. Look, John. Your identity will be tied to whatever you give your heart to. Doesn't sound like the Lord asked first place. You're calling me a bad Christian? Let me be a little direct. Last time you were here, you said you'd pray for me. Did you? No. No. For someone who knows the Lord, you're acting like somebody who doesn't. Which makes me wonder. What have you allowed to define you? When you lost your team, it didn't just disappoint you. It devastated you. Something or someone will have first place in your heart. But when you find your identity in the one who created you, it'll change your whole perspective.
0: I just love to be spanked, <laughs> and that's just what happened. It's a reminder, a call to truth. We will find our identity in, in what has first place in our hearts. So the, the takeaway, the point the, uh, actually of today is, is Christ first, do we find our identity and the natural outflow of that do we find our purpose in him when we ride out our three by five card imaginary three by five card that we were too cheap to give out a minute ago <laughs> was that the first thing was 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 christ in the picture that's that's the challenge of today as we go forward now uh, it's important that we that we understand that. That we're talking about something that the world doesn't talk about in the terms that we do. The world has a purpose for us. The world has a plan for us. It has one for everyone. But it's not the same plan that God has, necessarily. Let's, let's look at some of the problems that we face. Uh, we started this series saying that there's truth in the world, and then there's God's truth. And the two are opposite. Uh, and, and we were warned: Don't let anyone capture you or I with empty philosophies or high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking. Don't don't be captured by the truth of this world. He says, but rather let uh, let be Christ that does that. And we gave a warning: A prudent person. Foresees danger and takes precaution. A simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. You know, and we, we talked in each week, we're going to make this point over and over again that God makes us responsible for our lives, our decision, our choices, and the direction that we're going to go in. This, these are some of the choices down at the bottom. Is God's choice for maturity. Is that our, our choices prepare us for the future, we are responsible for the cho- our choices and behavior the secular worldview the the talking heads uh, Will be telling us that we're entitled to be taken care of we we live in an entitlement society with a with a nanny state if there's something wrong someone will take care of it and God says we're responsible When things go wrong, uh, the the default position is we're victims because we're basically good people taught by society just a product of evolution so we're good people so if something goes wrong in a relationship if something goes wrong with me if i've got mental issues and all of that i'm a victim because of something that's happened to me in the past god says not so we are responsible in him for our behavior and we're responsible for going forward in that direction this is the third week in this series the first one says we're responsible. The second one, the principle was we prepare for the future by doing the right thing to get ready for that. Third week, we're going to talk about a mature adult, uh, a follower of Jesus Christ. And again, this week, we're going to ask ourselves the, the most important question Which voice will we listen to? Will we listen to the voice of Christ when we look for our purpose, when we look for our calling, when we look for our mission? Does it come from Jesus Christ? Does it come from the truth or does it come from our own feelings, our own thoughts, our own ideas? Uh, this week we we take the transition in our maturity checklist. For those of you who have been here, we've encouraged everyone to to pick up a copy of it. Uh, we started with the different areas in the past that are in the back. Uh, but this week we we come to the next step of what is our purpose in life? A mature adult would know. And this uh, maturity checklist is something that parents use to to teach their kids what a mature adult is. So often if they uh, if we don't tell them what it is, uh, they're going to get their identity and, and what's way cool from TV. You know, there'll be Bart Simpson who was the number, isn't that a, Bart? Is he still on? Yeah, he used to be the number one role model for kids 12 to 14, young boys in our country. So if we don't Give them something different, we'll have Bart's running around our house. Uh, oh, my goodness. So God's wisdom, we're to seek God and his purpose and calling. It's from God. Or inside the society today, it's we will seek self-actualization. Many people have fallen under the influence or at least the teaching or been exposed to the teaching of Abraham Maslow and his pyramid of needs. He says you go through all this, and the ultimate place in life is to find yourself to know who you are and to exert yourself with your truth, with your plan on this world that's around you. It's all about me, and it's all about you in self-actualization. So parents, to be able to, to talk to them, what are the roles? We're talking two roles uh, today, the role of parents and the role of children. This message is broken in half. Because next week we're going to talk about roles in society as workers and as citizens. So today we're really focusing on the role of parents and the role of kids. Now, uh, many of us have, have graduated, I guess that's a good way of saying it, out of the parenting role. But no, we haven't. We're always a parent. And to a certain extent, we're always God's kids. So today, and, and just to remind you that everyone in society has an important part. Of raising the next generation and if we don't raise them right we're in the last generation we're if, if we continue to slide at the rate we're going we're going to be far from God as, as a culture this is the big thing as far as finding our purpose we said you can't mock we said this this is message before what we sow we're going to reap you cannot mock the, the justice of God as parents what we put in Is what we're going to get back so so this week as as we look at the roles that are in front of us let's start with the family remember everyone has an investment in the family the family's the foundation of every country it's it's where kids are raised not just to get older but to get mature to be able to learn how to be effective in life how to be successful in relationships in personal uh, control of our emotions in our life. And, and God gives us a choice. Because God obviously has, uh, given, has given us free will, so he gives us a choice. And the choice is very, very clear. He presents to his people then and now. This was, comes out of the Old Testament. He says, I'm giving you a choice. And it's actually the choice in the United States today. I've given you a choice between life and death, between blessings and curses. And he says, now I'm, I'm calling And this is to each person here involved in this process. I'm calling heaven and earth to witness your choice and and God's heart. And please don't miss his heart. Oh, that you would choose life. You and your descendants might live. So we choose life. Our choice of life we pass on to our descendants after us. And how do we make this choice of life? By loving the Lord our God. By obeying him, by committing ourselves firmly to him. This is the key to your life. If you love and obey the Lord, you'll live long in the land. If God's got first place in our heart, if he's got first place as we get up and go out each day and do what he's called us to do, then then we've made the right choice. And that's really what we're encouraging today, to be able to do that. And And, and make no mistake... There is a battle over the family in our country today. It is ground zero for, if you will, Satan's attack inside of our country that's coming at us. It's the family. Uh, it's kids. It's our descendants that are after us trying to raise them in a way that's, that's godly. It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle over our kids. And uh, understand that, that God warns us of that. The real battle isn't in Washington, and the solutions guaranteed aren't in Washington. They're, they're not in Sacramento. They're not in any of these places. It's a spiritual battle in the heavenlies, but it's carried out in my heart and yours. It's in here. We decide. And and, and make no doubt that you're being attacked, and so am I. So are my kids, my grandkids. Uh, everyone who follows after me, uh, we need to put on Jesus Christ and stand firm against the strategies of the devil. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. When, when we look in the world today, there should be no doubt that there's a spiritual battle. There has to be spiritual forces that cause this insanity of mass shootings, of group shootings, of... Uh, Abuse of all the things of genocide that's taking a place around the world the torture and killing of innocent people There has to be evil forces at work There has to be sorry evil forces at work that even allows Some of the stuff that comes across your TV that flows out of the internet that's addictive and destructive there has to be evil forces This is, we've gone beyond anything that we could say is rational. We're fighting, not against flesh and blood uh, enemies, but against the rulers and the authorities in the unseen world, against the mighty powers of this dark world. And the point that we're making today is they're attacking your home. They're attacking you, and they're attacking your kids. And they will continue to come after each and every one of these areas. It's a battle to remove God from our hearts. It started obviously from the beginning of our country, but it really came to a head when we removed God from the schools. This is an attack on the foundation of the country. We have turned, up, not, I don't want to say that. If we're not careful, we will turn the raising and the, the parenting of our children over to the schools over to the counselors over the curriculum and everything that they're offering they have our kids 32 hours a week i would like to think there are parents that have 33 hours of quality communication instructions prayer and teaching of the book in in their life but we have to understand That there is it, and and that is exactly where the battle is taking place, inside the schools and inside. Again, let's just look at some things that have happened. Uh, Recently, the Supreme Court has redefined marriage. This simple, straightforward principle in the Bible has now been redefined. 62% of the people inside of our country approve of of marriage by choice, and also... uh, major denominations the majority of christian denominations have approved uh alternate marriage we've approved uh, no fault divorce it's become common in our society when when i was younger when a divorce took place there had to be grounds now they say you don't have to have grounds you're just incompatible you know he snores you're out you know uh see, my marriage is in danger the But today we live in a society that the transformation that 50% of the marriages end in divorce And that number is not going up because people aren't getting married 30% are living together We redefine the basic families that are there again removing uh, God from the public schools. We've introduced a new religion when God's religion left secular humanism came in And is now being taught and I want to harp on this for just a minute Harp is not the right word Maybe it is, you'll tell me later. One of the most destructive teachings of the secular humanist religion that's taught in our schools is evolution. When you take the first sentences and verses in the Bible, for God created the heavens and earth, when you take out the God creator, all you leave is random chance that takes place. So there is no pattern, there is no calling, there is no real purpose in anyone's life. You know, they if you take out God and then then children are, are just an advanced animal going forward so they can define if there's no God, they can define their own truth, they can define their own morality. Uh they can they can define and they are th- being taught that their personal autonomy and freedom is the most important thing they have. Don't let anyone tell you what to do. And by the way, parents, that includes you by Ricochet and all all authorities there. This is the the thing that we're dealing with currently, right now. Uh, Important. Prudent people see danger and take precautions. If you're parenting in this day and age, be wise be wise to know what to do a prudent person takes danger and again what is being taken out jesus the good news of christ is being hidden from our children it's being hidden on secular tv it's being hidden in the schools bibles can't go ten commandments are out the good news of christ is being hidden from people who are perishing and who does that satan The spiritual force the god of this world is blinding the minds uh, of people throughout our country again biblical christianity is now down somewhere between one and two percent in the general population under 18 it's less than one percent and almost unmeasurable uh, because they're unable now to see the glorious good news they don't understand the message of christ and from an old testament verse in those days There was no king there was no authority there was nothing ruling the people and people did what was ever right in their own eyes hang on to that verse they did what was right in their own eyes if you think it's okay it's okay if it feels good you really ought to do it there isn't there are no moral restraints out there anymore that that's the danger of 2019. now honestly All of us as parents have had that experience at some point when we had kids and they got into the toddler, uh, go steal cookie size and you see them wandering out in the street. The first thought, Oh no. And, and you bring them back because there's danger in the street and, and a wise prudent parent will teach them that there's danger in the street. They will discipline them to the point that they know it's painful if they ever get in that street. So it's a teaching. Now, 2019, we should be just as concerned about teaching our kids what's taking place. And Jesus clearly gives us our purpose. And that's what we're talking about today. Here's our purpose. Very simple. Love God. First, foremost, always, and forever. Love God, not just in passing, not lukewarm, not with some mental assent to something. Love the Lord our God with everything we've got, with all of our heart, our soul, uh, and all of our mind. Everything that we have. This is the first and the greatest commandment. This is the first purpose you and I have, is to love God with everything. Next purpose is to love our neighbor, is to take the love of God and demonstrate it to other people. This is the standard Christian call. There's nothing new. There's nothing fancy in any of that. That's our purpose, that's our primary purpose. How we do that is a special call that God gives us. It's a special call actually, that He designs us for. Because the truth is, if we put the concept of, of evolution aside, we can we're only left with creationism that our God is so intimately involved with each person here that he's designed us specifically to his specifications god has made each of us all the delicate inner parts of our body god knits us together before we're born we are wonderfully complex god's workmanship is wonderful how well we should know it you know i uh i do a lot of memorial services and uh did one yesterday the important point that I always try to make then and make it now, each person here is one of a kind. Made and known by God and loved by God and created for the purpose that you're called for. We're called for a purpose. God created us to carry it out. Even before, he made, before God made the world, he loved us specifically and purposely and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault. He decided in advance to adopt us into his family. God knew us from the beginning. He's designed us and he sends us out into the world to to accomplish his purposes in this world. You know, this this reminder that we're specially made is so critical, aside to parents. This should be an ongoing topic of conversation. Because every place your kids and my kids and my grandkids are going to go, they're going to be told that they're a they're, they're not special. They're just part of an evolutionary process that's taken place. That Their purpose is to take care of themselves as we go forward. So I encourage parents, if you don't arm them with the truth, they will believe and follow the lie that's being told them by the culture, by the school system, by media, and everything else that's there. So I, I encourage parents, and let I me mean, I do this every day. Sorry, I bent over at the glare. I should have warned everyone to put your sunglasses on or something. Uh, every day I, I read this book. It's called Have You Considered? There's, there's this, this group uh, has put out several books. They put out evidence about creationism, more evidence about creationism, and they ran out of titles they didn't want to do, dash three, so they're out with Have You Considered? It's a daily reading. I read it every day. I look at it why i want to be reminded number one and number two i want to be ready to talk to other people when they talk about creation i want some factoids i want some data because right now science clearly clearly points to creationism evolution is an empty straw man it's the emperor with his new clothes it's the, the 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 teachings are destroyed by dna oh i can get all fired up never mind what I encourage you to do is if you don't have a book like this, get one. I, I gave my last two away last night, but I got a I got a free offer only today, 1990. No, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> there's a list in the back. If you, if you would like, I'm going to order a case. If I need to order two cases or three cases, we'll order them. If you would like to get one, I encourage parents to lay it. I, I give them all my kids, and I tell them, lay it on the dining room table, kitchen table. When you sit in there... You, you, Read one of them to the kids and talk. Go back and forth. If you don't give them this, they'll never get it. They're gonna be, you know, it's what is that from the from the goo to the zoo to you? Instructions is all they're gonna get in the secular world. So educate them in this. So that that's the first thing. Make sure, because that's where we find our purpose. We find our purpose that Christ has created us for a purpose. And again, when we become followers of christ we're recreated in christ for the purposes that he has called us for he's he's equipped us with that we're told that that we're saved by grace we just sang the song amazing grace i bet everyone under 40 didn't know the song that they played behind it but yeah the old guys yeah these old. sorry uh House of the Rising Sun, thank you very much. He knew it. Okay, whoa. Uh, Okay, I got off topic. We're saved by grace, not the House of the Rising Sun. We're saved by grace and we believe. Can't take credit. It's a gift from God. Not a reward for good things. We can't boast about it. All of the works, all of the things that we do, we can't boast about it. But look at this next thing. When we become a Christian, we were made at the beginning physically. We're made spiritually as God's masterpiece. We're created anew in Christ for good works, uh, to do good things that He planned beforehand. We're created for our purpose in Christ Jesus. We're, give, we're given spiritual gifts, and as we use those, please, as we, as we use those, we're given opportunities to change lives. And, and parents, again, and, but all of us, that's our job is to be able to pass that on. Uh, parents, teach this to your kids. Teach them how special they are in God's eyes. Teach them that God has a calling and a purpose for them. You know, it's, that's the parent's job. Fathers, it's folks with fathers. But all parents, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Again, the biggest difficulty today is the of the parents. The kids haven't changed. If I can say it, they come out of the factory just the same, you know, blank sheets, ready to be dealt with. It's the parents that have changed in the last generation. Don't provoke them to anger by inconsistent discipline, by, by saying, do as I say, not as I do. You know, those kind of hypocrisy and everything else, it just falls short. The kids see through it in a heartbeat. So don't provoke them to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction that comes from God. Direct your children onto the right path. When they're older, they will not leave it. Here's an ongoing instruction to parents. Again, the Lord our God is one. Love God with all of your heart, soul, strength. Commit yourself, here it is, wholeheartedly to his commands that, that God's given us. Repeat them again. And again to your children if we don't tell our children they're not going to hear talk about them when you're at home when you're on the road uh, when you go to bed and, and and when you're getting up so many parents there's certain places in the day where you can interject your relationship with God and encourage them whether it's a prayer at night a prayer at breakfast a daily reading that takes place a Bible verse a proverb over and over we can instill Knowledge of the living God in our kids and we're commanded to Because if we don't make that our purpose in life We're failing in our most important job And again, let's let's look at why that's important to be an ambassador for christ Because that's our first duty to our kids Is to bring them into a personal relationship with jesus christ you know, uh when do kids become Christians? Very important for parents to know. 85% of, of people that become Christians become Christians between ages 4 and 14. You know, uh, ages 15 to 30, 10% come in. Uh, 30 plus, 4%, I was in the 4%, thank you very much, at 33, and then it when they're young, they're open. You are the most influential influence they have in their life. Talk to them about Christ. God's given you and I the task of reconciling, reconciling our kids to him. We are an ambassador for Christ. We played with our kids. Come back to God. And, and here's where modern teaching runs directly into the face of biblical teaching. You know, it's important, and and I think we should look at these things. It's important that our kids get a 4.0. It's important that we help them with their homework. If they're star athletes, support them as best we can, encourage them as best we can. It's it's neat if they're voted most popular, uh, you know, homecoming queen and king. All that's good, but that doesn't prepare them for the real test of life test of life is when they walk out the door when they walk out the door into 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 the world that's sitting there waiting for them all of that doesn't prepare them for real life on this earth and for sure it doesn't prepare them for real life when they leave this earth if they're not heaven ready you know we need to look at that and make sure that they are only Christ can do that Parents could run their kids all over town for practice games, weekends out on traveling teams, all of that. You can be on debate teams, all this other stuff. All good. But there's a bottom line. And the bottom line isn't an academic scholarship to be strived for. You know, it's not people dropping out of church so they can support their kids in all these activities. That's not it. If we're too busy to have time for church and the time... To instruct our kids if we don't have quality time with our kids at our dinner table or our breakfast table where we can input to their lives where we can sit around at night and discuss and play games and talk about christ if we don't have time for that then we're too busy we're losing the most important responsibility that we have and we're doing eternal damage to our kids the truth uh, of the verse is right at the bottom if you if we try to hang on to our lives, we're gonna lose it. But if our, if we give up our lives for their sake, then we'll save it. Look at this. What benefit do our kids have if they gain the whole world, gain popularity, gain all of these things, and don't come to know Christ? It says you lose your soul. Anything worth that? You know, this is I'm being as direct as I can because it's that important. That's the real truth don't let God get choked out of our lives again the warning 85% of the kids will come to Christ early in life and one of the, the the most charging areas in life direct your child onto the right path when he's older he will not leave it and Jesus warns don't cause these little ones to stumble don't cause them to fall into sin parents that's about us that's really about us and and our jobs and our responsibilities i look back and look at good things but i also go i wish i coulda woulda shoulda no one's perfect but we have to be able to say lord i've done my best and he'll say well done as we do that and we go forward Last thing, and, and, and very important in parenting, we've talked about this each week, have a plan. Parents, grandparents, everyone involved, what's the plan? We, we've talked each week about this maturity checklist that we encourage you to look at and say, this is what a mature adult is. Show it to your kids. And I'm, again, I keep saying this is so simple. Kids will never know what maturity is unless you give it to them and show them what it is, because they're going to... They're going to be following something on TV or one of their favorite rock stars or things like that. So show them a maturity checklist. This is maturity. This is what we're shooting for. This is what we're trying to bring about inside of our lives. Have a plan. Show it to them. Have a plan for when you're going to require responsibilities. Have a plan for privileges that you're going to give them. I, we actually have a list of it. And Let me just say this now before I forget that's the family packet. We've got some in the back. Uh, I think we're running short, but if you want to sign up for those two, get us a family packet. It's got the maturity checklist. It's got ages for responsibilities and privileges. Let me give one example uh, of privileges, actually two. First, a privileges, let's talk about one thing a mom and a dad don't want is when their kids go away to college, they go in the military, or they go to work, that they mail their clothes home to be washed, So parents, when the kids are young enough to take their clothes off themselves, give them a laundry hamper, they have to put them in. When they're old enough to be, their clothes are set out for them to take back and put away in the drawers the way you've taught them to put them away, then require that they do that. When it comes time around 12 years old, when they're old enough to do laundry, let them do laundry, teach them how to do it when they're 14 years old, give them a clothing allowance so they buy their own clothes. Then you don't have to worry about them going after all the fancy stuff because they're paying for it. They'll go to Ross. They'll go to Marshalls. They'll look for bargains. They'll be shoppers. And you're instilling in them the the knowledge to be self-sufficient and mature in their clothes. One example. Second example, real quick. Before you allow your kids to date... You require them to bring a list written out considered about who they will date Not by name But by criteria we our kids could not go out until they could present us a mature list And they would they would have to say things like well, they have to have a good reputation at school uh, They have because our kids claim price. So oh, they have to be a Christian Uh, They have to do this. They have to do that These are some things that they had to give us a mature list because if they couldn't give me a mature list They weren't mature enough to date and they knew it and Then once you've got the list from them if You've got girls have the guy come over half an hour early and you sit down and have a nice conversation with him While you're cleaning your gun (laughs) It just so happens to line up that way. That's cool. But then you can, you can ask them, where do you go to church? What's, you, know, you can get into the questions without, you know, but you find out. Do you care enough? Dating is the most dangerous thing that we allow our kids to do indiscriminately. And more danger, damage, and destruction has taken place from that stupid practice where we let our feelings lead us in our culture. Okay, the two things be sure that we do that. Now, uh, again, our plan. Good planning will bring it about. So I encourage you to pick those things up uh, and finally have a plan for discipline. They're little sinners. No, let me say it the other way. They're really big sinner rat dogs, <laughs> prideful, selfish, self you know controlling, demanding. So it's our job to train them and to teach them, and that requires discipline. Whether it's corporal punishment, a spanking of the hand when they're younger. Spanking at the bottom when it's later, whatever it is, removing privileges or uh, uh, stuff that they have, or timeouts and restriction later on. You know, some people say, well, if we restrict them, they won't be able to. I don't care if they're restricted until they're 18. They don't have a life if they're not doing what's right. I see what a loving father I was. Uh, Again, take precautions, please. There's danger afoot outside in our world, a prudent person will see it. A prudent person will see it inside of our world. You know, as as we finish, I just want to we'll just take a minute and go back over it. You know, 2019, there's pressures coming up against your kids that are more than you can imagine. The curriculum that is dictated by the uh, the national education association three million teachers strong and we have great teachers in rich So don't misunderstand me in this but the curriculum that's coming down the pipeline at us is destructive it's destructive to the family it's destructive to morals it's destructive to everything that's there and your kids are targets of all of that stuff that's coming at them if you don't get involved and do your responsibilities they'll be swept away by the culture that we live in which join me in prayer father we thank you for this clear opportunity this purpose for all of us really to honor you first seek you love you love our neighbors but teach our kids to follow to show them Christ give them reasons to believe give them facts give them relationship in quality time that we might build that relationship Lord, they're they're a gift from you. Thank you that you'll give us the wisdom as parents, grandparents, and community members to support them. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen.